Hello and welcome to the Next in Line podcast where we are helping to prepare you for whatever is next in line. As always, I am your host, Chance Pitts, and I would like to thank you for tuning into this episode. Guys and gals, welcome into another episode of the Next in Line podcast. Thanks for giving us an opportunity here to maybe give you a different lens to look through as you approach your personal development, um, especially with the topic we have going on today. It's going to be a very, very interesting one, one that's very important and very much sought out as well uh, in the realm of personal development. It's one of the things that it seems like most people want to talk about. Um, most people have an interest in in some way, uh, whether they're actually pulling the trigger just yet or whether they're going to get to a point that they are. Uh, it is definitely at the top of a lot of people's list. But before we get into that, I want to make sure we take care of the housekeeping. If you receive value from this episode or any other episode of the Next in Line podcast, I would ask that you share the show with some like-minded individuals who could receive the same kind of value. That's the number one way for us to grow this podcast and this movement and to reach as many people as we can so that we can help as many people as we can. That's the number one goal here, guys, just to help more people realize what they are truly capable of and to overcome whatever challenging situations they might find themselves dealing with in life. Now, guys, you can also give us a follow on social media. That's at Next In Line Development on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We're active on all platforms. We put out some different kind of motivational and inspirational uh, content on those platforms, as well as some informational stuff as well. Um, that's also where you can access us easy, easiest as far as getting in touch through direct messaging. Um, you can ask us questions there, give us comments, concerns, let us know how we're doing on any of those platforms, and we'll be sure to get back to you as soon as possible. Now, guys, now that we got the uh, introduction and our social media stuff and all the housekeeping stuff out of the way, I wanted to throw a few announcements out there as well. We are less than one week away from the Brazos Bend 50 down in Needville, Texas. We've got a great group of people going out there to run. Very excited to have everyone out there participating and competing and really just showcasing what we've been working for for the last few months. Very excited to have people in the 5K event, the 10K event, the 25K, the 50K, and the 50 miler that we've been uh, working with or had some opportunity to uh to go through a 75 hard process or just to be around and, and call friends and family um, throughout this journey that we've been on. So it's super excited to see everybody making that progress and showing up to celebrate that. Now, as I mentioned, that's part of the 75 hard that we've been doing. Today's day 70. I was able to get a great upper body shoulder workout in with my dad this morning. It was cool to catch up with him. I know he's been crazy busy with all the uh, life circumstances that he's been dealing with and my family's been dealing with. So uh, it was great to get some time to relax and catch up there as well. We'll close out day 70 today with probably a five mile run down here in Divine, Texas. Um, and just go out and enjoy ourselves. But there's some other announcements I want to get to before we get too far into that. I do want to say congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Dalton and Sarah Barnes. They got married this weekend. Uh, I was super excited, uh, very blessed, and very thankful to be a part of that. And then afterwards, kind of the most interesting thing I think I've been a part of is they wanted to have a big group workout. 
they're also on 75 hard, um, trudging along five more days left. And they wanted our family to get together and do a uh, big group workout and just enjoy being around each other, which I thought was freaking awesome. I shared a picture on our social media uh, accounts. You can go check that out as well uh, if you're curious on what, who all was there and what all we did. But uh, that group invaded the Westphalia Fitness Center this weekend, and we just had a dang good time. And there's so many great people there, a ton of family. Um, he's like family as well. He's a great family friend. Mark Wilmoth was there as well. And I want to go ahead and say congratulations, maybe a little bit early, but I know he's going to achieve it. Congratulations, Mark Wilmoth, on completing 75 hard today. Him and my dad are probably out there running right about now, finishing up his last workout. Um, and he's even decided to take on the 5K after maybe running, I don't know, probably a dozen times uh, since he started running for the first time in 20 years uh, earlier this past month. So super excited to see the progress he's made. Saw him, he's down like something crazy, like 70, 80 pounds. It's just ridiculous uh, to see what you're capable of doing whenever you put in the work. So he's an awesome example of that. Thank you so much for being a great example, and we're very, very excited for you, Mark, completing 75 hard. Now, since we've talked about 75 hard, since we've talked about this group of people who came together and wanted to hit the workout and uh, just be around each other in a positive light like that, it kind of brought to mind one of the questions that gets asked to me on a regular basis whenever I'm talking to people about working out and talking to people about fitness and getting back in shape. And that question is, how long does it take to lose weight or to get in shape? And I think really whenever we start to evaluate that, what people are really trying to ask is, how much time do I have to put in to become healthier or to look better or to maybe add some years onto my life or to be able to get around easier and chase the grandkids or the kids around and keep up with them a little bit better. And from that, guys, kind of the debate and the balancing act that comes in and and the question a little bit further and deeper than that is, is it worth an individual giving up something, whether it's time, whether it's their dietary habits, whether it's their energy, whatever it is that you're planning to invest, is it worth investing that in order to lose weight and become healthier? And the truth is, guys, that I cannot sit here and answer that for anyone. The reason being, this whole journey is completely different for every single one of us. Now, there are some components of this that are pretty much the same as you work through it, but the decisions to commit and the decisions to truly grasp onto a lifestyle that is better for you and creates a healthier life for yourself is something that you have to do, and there's no way of me putting a timestamp or even a timeline on something like that. But the truth is that until you decide that is what you want, and until you decide that you can commit to whatever it takes to live a healthier lifestyle, you will always see it being too large of an investment for you to constitute making to decide to get in shape. I know that might sound a little bit harsh, guys, but it goes back to that old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. 
You can't want something more than someone else does. The individual has to decide to take the action and has to decide to make these changes in their lives for themselves. And I can tell you, though, from that with 100% certainty, guys, that once you decide to commit and once you form the habits, this whole process is way less time consuming and way less inconvenient, if you will, than you think it is. And along with that, guys, a lot of people, when they ask me that question, they look at what I do to stay fit and they look at my training schedule and the amount of time I invest in my fitness and health. And it can be a little bit daunting or discouraging. Now, that's not trying to toot my own horn, but I've got some pretty lofty goals. We've talked about the 225 mile ultra marathons. I've competed uh, in, I think, four or five different marathon and ultra marathon events in the past year. I have a very rigorous schedule. I have high requirements for myself, high standards, and they are not your general health and general weight loss style requirements and standards. I have a completely different scope that I'm operating in because I'm past those and I'm looking at something a little bit higher. The truth is that if you decide you want to lose weight, if you decide you want to start working out to feel a little bit better, to be more active, to combat the sedentary lifestyle that you've been living, it doesn't take near the time commitment or near the craziness that you see some of us talk about and that you see me post on social media with my runs and my workouts and all this other crazy stuff. So that's one thing I will actively say is do not compare yourself to me in any way in that form. It doesn't take that much time. But the truth is, even though you don't compare yourself to the craziness that is me trying to go run all these long races, you can actually learn from my story and my experience. Because before I started doing all this wild stuff, I was an overweight guy that was undisciplined that decided to make a change. So circling back on that, guys, let's go and revisit that question. How long does it take to lose weight? Here's the reason I can't answer that for you guys. Like I said, every journey is different. Every person has different goals that they have for themselves. Maybe they have 100 pounds to lose. Maybe they have 10. Maybe they want to get in shape within the next few years before they retire. Or maybe they want to get back in shape on the backside of a pregnancy or whatever it is. Everyone's story is different. The conditions are very different. The circumstances and all of the factors that come in are particular to that person. And they've got to learn through avenues like great books, great podcasts, great information online, blogs, all these great things that they have out there. They have to learn through those avenues what works for them and what does not work for them. And that's very, very individualized. And it's something that every person has to find out. I know I did. I know Mark Wilmoth losing all that weight had to do that for himself. My dad losing all the weight. My cousin Michael. There's so many great people around me. Lane Diven that has lost a ton of weight. All these guys had to figure out on their own how they were going to do it and what was sustainable for them. But with that said, between all of those people, I think there are some very common phases that every single person went through on their own weight loss journey. And that includes myself, guys. Like I said, there's roughly about five of these different phases. And 
though each individual goes through these phases with a different timeline, they go through these phases with a different approach and maybe they skip around and they repeat some of these or maybe they take a little while to get started even into the first phase of this. If you have been somebody that has lost weight and actually successfully kept it off, you have probably gone through these five phases. And you're probably asking yourself, what are these phases? Here you go. I'll tell you right now, guys. Number one is the uncomfortable phase. That's the phase whenever you're starting to figure out, like, I'm not really happy where I'm at. Maybe my clothes are a little bit too snug. Maybe whenever I went and bought new clothes, I had to up a size and that was a wake-up call for me. Maybe the person I'm seeing in the mirror isn't exactly what I want to see. Phase two is the motivated phase. That's when people get that first kick that, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to lose weight. And they go out and they decide they're going to make a difference in their life. And maybe it sticks, maybe it doesn't. From there, the one that truly sticks is a committed phase. The one where the individual is disciplined and moving themselves in the right direction for the right reasons and they've formed habits. Next behind that, guys, is the numbers phase. That's the one I've gotten stuck in a lot, and it's been detrimental to me in a lot of ways because I got addicted to seeing the number on the scale dropping and heading in a direction that I thought was healthy, but at some point it became a very, very unhealthy relationship. Last, guys, phase number five is the sustainable phase. This is the paradise the oasis of phases this is where you want to find yourself and this is one that's hard to battle with and hard to understand but once you grasp it it has the most positive influence on your life and like i said guys this is the general phases for all of those people these are commonalities that i've noticed I know some people that go through these journeys might have six or seven phases and they've added a couple more in here that are individualized to them they're particular to that person, and I'm not pushing away from that, guys. I'm not saying that they're not doing anything right. Each story is different. There's even a lot of people I know, much like myself included, who have gotten stuck and bounced back and forth over and over in between that uncomfortable phase and the motivated phase. And for that reason, they've stalled, and they failed to get it going and going and going until they could move on to that committed phase. But guys, as we keep diving deeper and deeper into this, I want to go ahead and I want to take some time to break down and really observe what these phases are and talk a little bit more about them, like I said, in depth. So number one, guys, reviewing that uncomfortable phase. Typically, this happens whenever someone else makes us feel self-conscious. Maybe you saw that neighbor or maybe you saw that coworker that went and lost all that weight. Maybe it's the sales guy that comes into your job that's in really good shape, has the big arms, has a shirt that fits really nicely, and he's squared away, very in shape. But maybe it's yourself. Maybe it's a little bit internal. Maybe it's the, like I said, clothes that don't fit. Or maybe you got winded whenever you were climbing the stairs, guys. The uncomfortable phase is a very, very important one because all of these factors in which you feel, like I said, uncomfortable, they are little tick marks scratching away little by little at the shell that is this kind of inaccurate observation of yourself. And what I mean by that is whenever I was going through this uncomfortable phase, little by little, 
I scratched away the self-image that I had of myself. I still saw myself as somebody that was very in shape. I saw myself as somebody that didn't have anything wrong with them. I didn't see problems with my diet. I didn't see problems with my drinking. I didn't see problems with my sedentary lack of going and actually trying to make myself be active and to work out. And the longer I stayed in that bubble and in that mindset, the worse it got. And what I mean by that, guys, is I surrounded myself with people that felt the same way, that didn't see a problem with what we were doing and didn't see any reason to change course. And anytime somebody did come around and say, hey, maybe you should eat this or especially like my wife when we first met and were dating, she tried to change my diet. She asked me about my extreme drinking at times. She asked me about my the ability to go and get like a 10-piece chicken tender with mashed potatoes and gravy and a roll or two down from Chicken Express and to just devour all of it in one sitting and then not do anything to combat what I was putting in my body. And though... I lived in that bubble and I tried to make it as impenetrable as I could. Little by little, like I said, I scratched away every time I put on a shirt and it fit too tight. Every time I looked in the mirror after a night of drinking or after just feeling bloated and nasty because of all of the food I'd eaten the day before and seeing something I was not happy with seeing. Every time I went to play basketball with my friends or climb some stairs to go uh, up a staircase to the second floor at a hotel, at school, at work, climbing a ladder to get inside a tractor, even at the ranch. There was a lot of things I did that confirmed and ticked away and brought down that barrier little by little in that uncomfortable phase. And I needed those things. I needed to go through that phase and I needed to feel that amount of uncomfortableness because it got very, very heavy. And when it got that heavy, guys, that's whenever I was able to start transitioning to phase two, the motivated phase. The great thing about the motivated phase is it is a very, very, very strong feeling. Whenever you find yourself motivated by a David Goggins or by watching Courtney Dewalter run one of these crazy long races and just annihilate the competition, or maybe you see somebody like Cam Haynes working really hard to be the best bow hunter they can be, or Jocko, or any of these motivators, Andy Frisella being a, a business titan, Ed Milet doing the same thing and being such a great speaker. Whenever you see these, it is so easy to get fired up and just headed in that direction that you think you should be going. And like I said, guys, it doesn't matter if it's someone, if it's a book, if it's a podcast, if it's Maybe even a life event, a negative life event that gets you motivated. The doctor, uh, you had a close call and had to go to the doctor maybe with some kind of heart condition or you had a scare or someone in your family had a scare. And that's a little bit of a negative thing, but it, it caused a positive motivation to get you up and off your feet. The problem is that motivation is fleeing. That motivation will leave you at some point. So trying to keep yourself motivated, trying to keep yourself fired up, there's only so much out there. There's only so many things that you can put dopamine into your brain with that'll keep you moving in that process because motivation is not going to serve you whenever it's four in the morning, you didn't get your second workout in until 11 p.m. the night before, and you're trying to figure out how you're going to drag yourself out of bed to get a workout in to 
get yourself prepared for work and to make sure that you make it to work on time. You quickly start to realize that you're sacrificing sleep and you're sacrificing your rest and recovery and you choose to not do that. You choose to take the comfortable route, snooze the alarm, stay in bed. And that's where the motivation leaves, guys. Whenever you start doing that, you find a reason to not let yourself stay motivated. That's where phase number three comes in. That's the committed phase, guys. Like we talked about, that's the discipline. That's the habits. That is the rain or shine mentality. That is the we are getting this done no matter what. And that's one thing I love about 75 Hard. I know we talked about it a lot, but it teaches you that there's no other option than succeeding. There's no other option than getting it done. And when you're moving into this committed phase, guys, it moves you away from that motivation. Sure, you can still sprinkle it in. You can still read great books. You can listen to great podcasts and people that inspire you. And these life events can still be the catalysts that started to move you in that direction. But the truth is, the committed phase is a different animal because whenever you're tired and that alarm comes up and you've got the option to snooze the discipline and the committedness to the plan and to the goals and to the process is what drags you out of bed at 4 a.m. to make sure that you get that workout in to make sure that you have the time to eat a healthy breakfast so you don't fall victim to the donuts and the kolaches that are brought in and the breakfast tacos that are brought in to your office just like they always are everywhere guys that's going to be where the difference lies. That's when you start turning a corner in your weight loss journey is when you find this commitment phase, this disciplinary phase, because then it's not about how you feel. It's not an emotional response to whether you want to do something or not. It is a conviction within yourself that you feel like you have to do this. And you know that to get the results that you want and to head down the path that you want to go. And in this case, that's losing the weight, getting in shape, feeling better about how you look, being around a little bit longer for the kids, the grandkids. To do that, you have to commit. You have to show up every day and you have to do the things that you don't want to do. And that's where you start to move in a positive, very, very positive direction. Moving on to phase number four, the numbers phase. I talked about getting addicted to the number on the scale. This is where extremes rear their heads up. And what I mean by that, guys, is whenever I started my weight loss journey, I did it in a completely unsustainable way. And that was because I was stuck in the numbers phase for a long time. I wasn't paying attention to how I felt overall. I wasn't paying attention to what my body was needing and how it was responding to the nourishment I was putting in it and the amount of activity I was requiring it to do. I was so caught up in the joy of seeing myself become skinnier, of buying clothes that were smaller sizes, of seeing the number, like I said, on the scale fall down from the 200s to starting with a one in front of it, the 195, seeing it go down to the 180s, the 170s, the 160s. And before I knew it, it was in the 150s. 
because I let it pull me down, seeing that number and being addicted to just shaving off more and more weight. And looking back on pictures from that time in my journey and in my life, I realized how unhealthy I got. I lost so much muscle mass, even though I was working out twice a day, every single day. I was not putting the nourishment and the fuel back into my body that I needed to be successful. I was holding myself at something stupid like 15 to 1800 calories while I was still working out two hours a day and living a very active lifestyle and having a very active job that required me to be on my feet for most of the day. So when you really look at the numbers, instead of seeing the drop and seeing things going in the right direction, what was hidden to that and what was the outlier was when you really got down to it, I was tired all the time. When you really got down to it, I wasn't maintaining muscle. I wasn't building a physique, building a healthy lifestyle. None of those things. <laughs> all the things I was doing revolved around seeing that number fall. And is losing weight and watching that number a good thing? I think it is. I think weight is a great metric to go off of. But there comes a point when you've got to understand things. Right now in my journey, I am the heaviest I have weighed since I lost all of my weight. I'm about 180 pounds or so. And a lot of people would look at the 75 hard and say, hey, aren't you supposed to lose weight? Not necessarily. Your goals in fitness and your goals in health will cause you to lose weight or to gain weight. My goal has been to gain weight in the form of muscle because I realize that I have let myself drop a lot of muscle mass. I've let myself get so addicted to the running and being in that that I wasn't happy with the way I looked. I wasn't happy with a lot of the things that I was doing and that I wasn't as strong as I felt that I need to be to live the kind of life that I want to live and set the example for those around me that I want to set. So I decided to change things. And that's a prime example of guys, when it really comes down to it, the numbers aren't what's important. Sustainability and figuring out what works for you and the balance that leads to a good life and a healthy life for you. That is what's important, which brings us down to phase five, the sustainable phase. Guys, sustainability is something that must infest every area of your life once you get to this point in your weight loss journey. And it's very important to get to the point of sustainability in your weight loss journey. Now, I'm not talking about sustainability in the fact of sustaining your weight. It could be that, but it's not necessarily always that. I'm talking about towing the line between being detrimental to yourself like I was with my diet versus carefully and calculated weight loss that I should have done. I lost 60, 65 pounds in the course of about three, three and a half months, which is crazy, but it wasn't sustainable. It was good to jumpstart and to get me headed down the right path. And I had to go through that phase of the numbers to get to the point of sustainability and realization. But the truth is guys, Sustainability comes from figuring out what works for you in a diet, figuring out where you want to be at, figuring out what rule works for you. Maybe it's the 80-20 rule where you eat really clean 80% of the time and you allow yourself to enjoy other things 20% of the time. And 
That's so important, guys. I cannot reiterate how important the sustainability phase is, even in exercise, because I'm the kind of guy that will go out and I will run myself in the dirt over and over and over because I feel like that's what's going to make me better. But the truth is, guys, whenever I'm not rested, whenever I'm not recovered, I'm not performing at my best. And whenever I'm not performing at my best, guys, I know that I am not progressing. I am not having a positive training effect on myself. I'm actually wearing myself down even more. I'm starting to risk inner, or injuries. I'm starting to get myself to a point that you're not going to be able to do this long term. You're going to end up burnt out. You're going to end up just completely wiped out and dead to the world on the weekend, sleeping and trying to rest and recover because you packed your entire schedule in the evenings and in the mornings during the week and sometimes on the weekends as well, full of intense intense workouts and intense dieting and all these things that aren't sustainable for a healthy lifestyle. And you've got to realize, guys, that your goals are playing a very important factor in this. If you have a goal to lose weight, sustainably try to lose the weight. If you've got a goal to gain weight, it's not about just pouring on the pounds. Sustainably gain that weight the way you need to gain it. It's all about finding the balance and finding what works for you and what moves you closer to your overall goals. Like I said, it could be keeping up with the grandkids. It could be getting back in shape after being pregnant. Whatever it is, guys, you have to do the research. You have to become organized. You have to become planned, present, and you have to dive into the sustainability phase so that you can reach your goals not only on the numbers, but on a balanced lifestyle that is healthy and conducive to the life you want to live. Now guys, like I said, there's no simple answer to how long it'll take you to lose weight or how long it'll take you to get back in shape. But one answer I would say is that it depends on how well you can commit to this process and how well you can navigate these phases, the uncomfortable phase, the motivated phase, the committed phase, the numbers phase, and even that sustainability phase, guys. And if you struggle with this, guys, if you find yourself looking at this and realizing that, hey, I'm in phase one and have nowhere to go, have no idea where to navigate from here, I don't know how to diet, I don't know what workouts to do, reach out, guys. If you find yourself in the sustainability phase and you just want to mix it up so you don't get complacent or bored, reach out. I am here to help, guys. Whether it's me helping you out with a run plan, whether it's me showing up and working out with you, or even helping you cook, or whatever it might be that helps progress you along, guys, I want to be that for you. And if I don't have the answers you need, if I don't have the experience that can help you in your situation, I guarantee that the Next In Line Network and this group of amazing people that we've been working to build for the past couple of years, they can help you. Somebody in this group I will connect you with that has the answers that you seek. And I will be so glad, so glad to bring you into this network and to help you become the best version of yourself or the ideal version of yourself that you have pictured in your head. I want to help you reach your goals and to commit to doing something challenging and something bigger than yourself so that everyone around you can benefit in the best way possible. Guys, from that, the only thing I would say more 
is that no one can do this for you. You have to be the one to choose to start and to change a life in the way that you want to change it and to become the person that you want to become. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Next in Line podcast, guys. Make sure you share the show if you got something for it. Make sure you give us a follow on social media that's at Next in Line Development on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And always be prepared for whatever is next in line. <laughs>